pitch, pitch will result in immediate expulsion of that pitcher yeah. or a replacement and the manager. So I'm, I'm saying expulsion um, expulsion of that pitcher, I, I would guess out of the game altogether, just go away, and they'd probably up in front of the court to, for a punishment. It continues, if in the umpire's judgment circumstances warrant, both teams may be officially warned prior to the game or at any time during the game. Yep. League presidents may take additional action under authority provided in Rule 9.05, um, to pitch at a batter's head is unsportsmanlike. Yep. Can you believe this? Yep. Unsportsmanlike and highly dangerous. I think highly dangerous probably was should be ahead of unsportsmanlike. It should be and is condemned by everybody. Umpires should act without hesitation in enforcement of this rule. That rule, that rule in baseball, to be honest, is very controversial. Um, because... Uh, who, because a lot of players would prefer that rule not be in play. Not? Yes. What? Are they nuts? Well, here's the theory is. A lot of time when the umpire called that rule in, one point, one, the one pitcher throws at another, and then the umpire warns both sides. So, so... Well, so, it says... It says he can warn both sides, and the explanation. Uh, tell me, excuse me for interrupting. You want to, you want to finish? Mm-hmm. So the other side feels like that's an unfair advantage. So, so they wish they get a chance to throw at the other at, at that third player. So a lot of time, if one pitcher throws and hit a batter, batter, the other side figure they could go ahead and hit hit one of their, and then they and then they feel it's settled for the game. And a lot of time when the umpire gets involved and only let one side do that, then they figure that sp- that, that creates a animosity and they wait till later in the season to, to take take action. Do you mind if I say that sucks, boys and girls? <laughs> I, I mean, really, guys, I understand, you know? That's just... Um, well, what, what I've got here mm-hmm. and the explanation that I've got, it, it's in the umpire's judgment, he may warn both teams, and the explanation, Mm -hmm. pardon? He does a lot of times, that's what he does, right. He does, but it's it's up to his discretion, Mm -hmm. and if one pitcher beans another player, he may opt to just warn that particular pitcher, or warn that pitcher and manager, and not bother even talking with the other team. But normally they always won both sides. That's how they normally do it. Well, now i got to finish. The explanation that I came across made a whole lot of sense to me that mm-hmm. the umpire will be more aggressive in his warnings if he knows that there's bad blood between the teams. And that's why... So that there, would be, uh, yeah. there would be more of an opportunity for a tit-for-tat. If and, one guy... Right. Throws a bean ball, you can darn well know that the other side is going to try to pitch one. And too. probably what should happen, the umpire should warn both sides before the game ever gets started. That way, neither one and take advantage of it. it exactly. Now, yeah. there is something in here that allows, um, if, the, if the umpires have warned both teams ahead of time, before the game mm-hmm. starts, 
Right. That constitutes the first warning. So if a bean ball is thrown, the pitcher is out. There is there is just there is just no opportunity for any other judgment. So it's within reason that the umpire should do this as a as a matter of form. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when when somebody throws a bean ball, you know he's out to hurt the batter. It, there just isn't any. Pitcher won't throw a guy's head. They'll throw at they'll throw um, at the legs or at the buttocks. They don't generally throw. It's not. It's it's not polite to throw at somebody's head. Polite. Yes. I mean that's that's when you kill them. Right. And and so, but it, it's. I think it's generally accepted, and you can help me if I'm on the right track here. It's generally accepted that when somebody throws a bean ball, it is a deliberate target mm-hmm. he's throwing at. It's not. It, it, it's hardly an accident when you get somebody who is. So good at pitching that right. he's in the major leagues that he's going to whack somebody on the side of his head, and and so um, I, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Be that as it may, um, since since a, a bean ball is a deliberate throw, it it's just a foregone conclusion that the other side is going to get up there and say, "Well, you you hit our batter, I'm going to hit yours," right. and that's and, why. That's why they, a lot of them don't like the umpire getting involved in the middle. They want to they wanna settle it. Which is ludicrous. I mean, to have that kind of nonsense going on in a sports event, unsportsmanlike behavior, it, it's... See, it, I think the umpire should just follow through at the beginning and say, okay, guys, we're about to go out on the field. Mm-hmm. If I see either one of you throwing a bean ball, you're toast. Right. You're just out of the game, period. Right. And it, it shouldn't be left up to the individual players to try to settle a score. Let them do it in another game. Let them do it in the locker room. Let them do it out on the street or go to a bar and do it, but you don't do it on the field, says the sports expert. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you think of what do you think of fighting in hockey, huh? That's part of the game. I mean, you it, 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 and they get punished for it. That's what I mean. They you, get you, fined. You, they get yanked from the game. Yeah. They get they, uh, they, they get they, punished for it. But um, doesn't that seem weird that they can drop the glove and start swinging at each other? Well, yeah. Yeah. Except I, you know, it's not. I've never seen hockey promoted as a real sport. It's like. I went to a hockey game and a game broke out. Yeah. You know, or I went to the fights last night and a hockey game broke That's out. That's right. It was. It, it, it's one of those deals. It, mm-hmm. It's just accepted. They're trying to. I don't think they're trying to kill each other, but it it really is a knockdown, drag out, sock them in the eye event. Mm-hmm. You're right. But and I'm I'm not. Well, I guess it is vindictive in some areas. You know, if one of the players gets hurt at the hand of another player, and again, they're very well controlled in terms of their equipment and the puck. They know yeah. what they're doing. You know, you whack yeah. somebody. There, with a, a, there, a very bad, there was a very bad incident when when uh, the guy took a stick to another player about three years ago and pretty much ended the guy's career. Whoa. And uh, they, they did the right thing. They just spin the guy. You know, practice for the whole mm. season. 
And, I would hope so. And when, yeah, and when, and that's what I was going to say. When when somebody takes a stick, yeah, and you look at the guy. I mean, it doesn't. It, they know what they're doing. When when somebody gets hit with a stick, you know the person who did it understood what he was doing. And, this was no accident. And one theory was it probably should. It's an interesting way to enforce it. Whoever gets hurt, the player who put whoever the uh, the blow should be out as, as long as it's the hurt player. Well, that's an interesting mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. Um, so if the guy's in it for the rest of the career, never plays, the guy's never come back onto the ice. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's been a hypothesis, yeah. uh, an idea thrown on the table. Oh, it, it's a thought. Mm-hmm. Unless you get somebody who's such a bounce-back kid mm-hmm. that he comes back in a week and it doesn't nearly... It doesn't give the offender nearly the amount of punishment he deserves. Right. I don't know. It's a, gosh, hard call. Well, see, all right, ask me what I think the solution is. Go ahead, just ask me, ask me. Patricia? Yes, Walden? What do you think the solution is to to even out all the controversy of sports? Ban every one of them. Aha. The end. The end. We'll have figure skating. Uh-huh. And ballet. Uh-huh. And trivia championship. Uh-huh. And stuff like that there. The spelling bee count? Mm, that's pretty competitive. I don't know. I, yeah, I'll that's be. on ESPN, so it must be, huh? They don't. <laughs> I can spell ESPN. <laughs> that's pretty tough. To I'm spell. good. E- I'm good. E- I'm ESPN? very good at spelling. I used to be good at spelling. However, I forgot to tell you, mm-hmm. you suggested the ESPN magazine for my brother. Yep. Did I tell you he was so pleased? Uh, I don't think I did. I, I didn't uh, recall telling you that. And, you know, I renewed his one. and I know I, you renewed the one, and, and he was happy that he didn't have to give up the other ones to get this one. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm and glad. He, he was so happy with that. And you know, it was like, yeah, okay, yada yada. I said, yeah, but you got two magazines here. Two? <laughs> yeah. And I told him what it was. He said, all right. <laughs> so you did good. Thank you for helping me with well, that. Well, okay, it's, it's nice to know that his little sister did good on that one for him. That's good. I did good. Yeah. Yes, and I'm. I'm I just wanted to make sure that I thank I'm you glad. properly for that because you made him very happy. I'm glad. Well, he hey, now well, he, as happy as he could be, such yeah. a grump. <laughs> <laughs> now he gets he gets he gets his sports illustrated. He's ESPN. He he should be hog heaven. What can I say? He is, and he really likes Sports Illustrated, so he should he should enjoy this one. It'll give him a different spin on stuff. Oh, how's your other sister doing? We might well give the family update. She feeling any better? Yeah. She's doing much better. Right. I didn't talk to her today. I should have called her today to make sure she's still doing okay. But okay. My goodness, she scared me the other day. I know. You were going to have to run out of town. Is she, is she, is she didn't was, get any better? I, truly. Yeah. If she were not better, any better, yeah. the next day, um, I would have just packed it in and gone up. Yep. And hoped that my flu shot was for the correct strain. <laughs> <laughs> she was, you know, we always wind up with three or four floating around in a dice roll for the CDC. 
Yeah. To make a judgment on which one is going to be produced for the year. You know, the vaccine, which yeah. vaccine will be They can show, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, which Foo Fighters should we give out this year? Eeny, meeny, miny, yeah. moe. Yeah. I know it's a little more sophisticated than that, but <laughs> it really is educated guess based on oh, yeah. weather and predominance and what was making the rounds last mm-hmm. year and not likely to cause a whole lot of damage this year. And boy, oh boy, you know, a couple of years they've been... Right on target. Yep. Boy, they just knew. And a couple of years, they missed. They missed. They missed. And so, gee. And it's not a job I'd like to have each year. And, and you know, it's not a money-back guarantee, is it? <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, no. No. They, they don't. It's, well, with the flu, I guess it's okay. They've got vaccines out that I'm, I don't understand how you can tell if they work or not. You know, like, for example, they've got a shingles vaccine out now mm-hmm. because shingles is, uh, um, it, it manifests itself based on a chickenpox right. virus. And even if you didn't have chickenpox, I can't imagine that anyone in this country has not been exposed to it at one time or another, which makes them vulnerable as well. Mm-hmm. So how do you know if... A shingles vaccine is working. Well, if you, you don't, don't get it, you don't. three out of four, yeah. you, when you get into the elderly years, three out of four people don't get it. Yeah. So how do you know if it's the vaccine or they're among the three to begin with? Well, it's a calculated guess, basically. You know, they're just guessing. You know. Well, how do they test it? I mean, if, if, only, if only one out of... And this is, they don't test them, I don't think, in the, mm-hmm. in the older population. Right. Um, it, in, in the testing, how do they know that the vaccine actually helped prevent eruptions in people? Did they, <sighs> I, they're already infected with the chickenpox vac- um, virus. They can't inject them with chickenpox and say, well, are they going to develop chickenpox or shingles? It takes years and years and yep. years to develop yep. shingles. I just don't know how they say, can market it and do, say... Do they grow a culture and try to set their on animals? I mean, that's the only logical sense that makes sense to them. Well, everybody's walking around with the germ or the, the viruses inside them anyway. They right. just stay. They, they set up housekeeping and they stay. Mm-hmm. So, if everybody has an assuming, let, let's make a, a wild assumption here. Almost everybody has the virus inside them just waiting to erupt right everybody gets the vaccine only one in four people have an eruption how do they know it was the vaccine that helps prevent it in the other three well it must be a much tried based upon probability projection patricia why else could i play with those numbers you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's just a, probably a random sample, and they just they you know they take a random sample and match them against another sample, and they think if if the vaccine helps, then they just assume that's uh that's sh- the only the way they, Yep, that would yep, be the only way. That's the only way they can do it because right. you're not treating for symptom no. abatement; you're treating for symptom prevention. Right, and and there's no other way you can know whether or not you're actually preventing it. You're not curing anything. You're trying to prevent it from happening. And, but again, there's no guarantee that that vaccine really was the, the solution to solving 
that percentage problem. You don't really know. No. So it has to go down to a mathematical equation. Yep. Okay, you know, I mean, that, And that's, it has to be a large sampling. I mean, this is not something you can do, you know, 50 over here and 50 over yeah, there. It's a control test a large, case. Yeah. A large sampling mm-hmm. and a huge control group. Mm-hmm. Man, oh man, I am so glad I am not in that business. I am so glad I'm in the business of entertaining Walden. Uh, that's a full-time job. Entertaining me. That's full-time. You, you could be pretty close on that. Aha. Uh-huh. You could be pretty close uh-huh. on that. Okay, I had one more question, didn't I? Yep. Yes, I did. You want I to had... take a... You want... Wait a minute. Oh, no, I had two. two more. Two, I had two. your stump walking... And, and, and my presidential question. You have your presidential question and your stump question. And you question. wanted to save stumpy for last, so presidential. We'll take presidential. I think I gave this one to you before. Which president was the first president to attend a major league baseball game? You have. <laughs> give, you have given that one be, to me before. I think it was the first. And I'm looking at ago. now. It might have been the first president to attend a World Series. Okay. This is the first president to attend a major league baseball game. Was it Ulysses Grant? No, it wasn't. Hmm. Was it? John Garfield? Nope. Uh, what is it? Teddy Roosevelt? It was Benjamin Harrison. Ah, okay. That was the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. That was very early on. He, he was our 23rd president. Yes. In between that. Grover Cleveland. Yeah. Good. He attended the Cincinnati Reds and Washington Senators game in the, uh, in, on June 6, 1892. And the Cincinnati Reds beat the Washington Senators 7-4. to four. I just thought I'd mention that to let you know I did my homework. Yep, you, you, you're showing your, 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 your sports fandom perfectly. My, my S stuff. Yes. See, I, now I have to treat hives for the whole weekend. Okay, here's your stump walls in question. Ready. Where was Snoopy born? Did we look it up in the current book that you got? Where was Snoopy born? And we just asked Walden this week. I asked, it, I asked you last week. And, and we're going to ask. All over and we're going to have. Okay. And Don from Sacramento, you can call in to help me out. Yes, she, he did. <laughs> and I'm. I'm. I'm banking on your not even remembering where Snoopy was born. Uh, he was born at the Hazydale Puppy Farm. <laughs> Try that one more time. <laughs> he was born at the Hazydale Puppy Farm. You know what it is. What is it? Well, I'm, I I don't know. They they. <laughs> Dale Haley Puppy Farm, uh, Hazel Daly, uh, Harris Daly, something Daly. Oh, my goodness. And Don even helped you out with this last week. Don. You, you were pretty good. You just did a, you did a boomerism. Help me, you Don. He said the Hazy Dill Puppy Farm. Hazy Daly. The Hazy Hill Puppy Farm. Hey. So we got you two weeks in a row on that one. Well, I think this oh, week, Daisy well, Hill, Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. Right, and you, at yeah, first you said the hazy deal. You know what this means. You know what this means. You're going to have to find some cartoon strips based upon with that and, and read it to me out loud on the air. 
Oh, I'd be happy to. Yeah, here's Snoopy. He's at the, he visiting his family over the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. At the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. I think we need to pick out some comic strips. I will find some comic strips. And we haven't done Rudolph part. yet. We're going we're gonna to need you to work on Rudolph sometime. Yeah, we haven't done Rudolph. Mm-mm. And we haven't finished the Grinch. Nope. Well, you played the Grinch. I so played the Grinch. Okay. Find Snoopy comic. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is going to be for our uh, reading with Patricia uh, um, class. You know, uh, yeah. If Theodore LaGuardia could read the comic strip to the kids, Patricia can start reading the comic strip to the family on Saturday night. She can read stuff. Yeah. And I've got some really good stuff. I'm glad. I even, I even pulled, but it, it, it was for Christmas, and I'll save it for next Christmas, mm-hmm. The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. Oh, that would be good. That's a good one. And I do have it, but... We're um, too late after Christmas. The Stephen Benson Benet, you know, mm-hmm. with this or a child was born, was that originally a written story or was that strictly wrote that for the radio? Oh gosh, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Hmm. And who is his wife? I don't know. <gasps> I don't. Yes, you do. I don't. Edna St. Vincent Benet. Married now that, What do I know that name from? It's his wife. I know, but Stephen why? Benson. Why do I know that? I mean, why Oh, she, did, she was also a poet. Okay, okay. You remember anything famous? I, I, I know the name is familiar. I'm just trying to figure out yeah. why. I should never have mentioned it because now I have to admit I can't remember what she wrote. Okay. Hold on. You keep talking. This is just the USA. That's Patricia. It's only only one minute before five in the morning. And she's still up and about. Edna St. Vincent Millay. Not Benet. Shame on me. Hmm. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. She doesn't look pained like so many other poets. That's good. Career. Her poem, Renaissance. I wonder um, who's the most famous poem, poet, alive today. Alive? Yeah, you don't hear, you don't, I mean, let's face it, poetry's not really in the uh, American think tank anymore. Mm -mm. And I don't know of any, like Robert Frost, I don't know if he's even still around. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And he was good. Yeah. The fog comes in on little cat feet. Oh, gosh. You talk about imagery. Mm-hmm. The cat. And I think it's required to take my mom doesn't like poetry. So she won't read that. No, uh, I'm... Uh, but I will read Robert Frost's stuff. Uh-huh. I am such a... Such a... Um, I mean, I would, I would rather talk baseball than read poetry. Wow. How do you like that one? That's pretty amazing. Yep. It's that bad. <laughs> I ain't got no class and culture is what the problem is. I ain't got no class and culture. So you think it's because you didn't have a good teacher that loved it and didn't teach it well? I think part of it is that's partly true. Mm-hmm. 
I enjoy haiku. Enjoy what? Japanese poetry with 17 syllables. You like limericks? You like limericks? I'm not crazy about Uh limericks. Uh Um, I know you you like puns. I love puns. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, let's see. I'd like to get away from Earth for a while and then come back to it and begin over. This is a poem by Robert Frost. Mm. May no fate willfully misunderstand me and have grant what I wish and snatch me away, not to return. Earth's the right place for love. I don't know where it's likely to get better. I'd like to go by climbing a birch tree and climb black branches up a snow-white trunk toward heaven till the tree could bear no more but dipped its top and set me down again. That would be good both going and coming back. Mm. One could do worse than be a swinger of birches. Hmm. That doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) You mean, you like to understand what you're reading? Well, I I would prefer it, you know? I mean, you're talking about leaving Earth and coming back and don't take me out of my tree. Mm -hmm. Earth's the right place for love, and then he's talking about climbing trees. I guess, I guess, it's, I guess it's gorillas who make love. I guess, huh? Great. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll stick with his fog on cat feet. Mm-hmm. Robert Frost, the fog. That one is really good. Never heard of it. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And then let me see. <laughs> fog by Carl. Oh, it's Carl Sandburg, not Robert Frost. That's mm-hmm. why you haven't heard of it. Um. Oh. All right, okay, the fog comes on little cat feet. Now, isn't that a nice picture? Yeah, it's very visual. Yes, okay. It sits looking over harbor and city on silent haunches and then moves on. Woo! That's good. Yep. Except it's not really poetry. It's kind of like free verse. Oh, what that? What's free verse? Well, well, free verse, there's, there's, no, um, there's no rhythm, there's no rhyme at the end of, of lines. They don't rhyme with each other. So and it's a stream of consciousness or whatever, huh? Pretty, well, you know, for me, it's sentences that are broken up to look like poetry. Mm. They break them up into pieces. Uh-huh. I mean, this is a whole sentence. It sits looking over harbor and city on silent haunches and then moves on. That is broken up into four pieces. To my simpleton way of thinking, that's a sentence broken up into four pieces. It has nothing to do with poetry. (laughs) I don't know, but it's a great message. The the fog comes in on little cat feet. (laughs) That is so good. That is good. Little cat feet. I mean, you can't hear a kitty cat on cat feet. No, I can hear a kitty cat on on cat feet. I can do that. They got well, like, no yeah, they got when well, I had my mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they got well, shoes. <laughs> Your turn. You go. <laughs> no, they got well, shoes. That's what how that's how you can tell. That's how you can tell. You yeah. got to put little shoes on yeah. these so they go. That's right. But you were talking about your kitty. Well, if I have a kitty on my lap and kitty is washing whiskers and stuff, right? I can hear 
kitty's tongue on her fur. Ah, you got good ears. I, I do. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's painful sometimes. I know. Mm-mm. I know. Sometimes good is too good. I know. Okay, what else would we like to do here? Um, stuff. Stuff. Let me think. Let me think. Um, did you know squirrels have thumbs? No. Do they lick them? Well, you, do they you suck do on know. them? Do they suck on them? Suck on their thumbs? Well, that's a thought. I don't know. Mm. There's nothing here except the squirrels have thumbs. They actually they have little hands that they eat their nuts with. Um, in a year, it says the regular person. It doesn't say average. It doesn't say normal. It says a regular person. What is a regular person? Not you or I. I know that. Not you. It's not me. Yep. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. We are not regular. And no. This is silliness for you. The regular person makes over 1,100 phone calls in a year. Good grief, Walden can do that in a week and a half. Well, that's a, that's How many calls do you make in a week? Let me count the ways. Well, you know, the thing is me is, I think my mom and dad and my brother think the phone just rings off the hook around here. And when I'm gone, it, it dies, you know. So there's a lot of calls coming to me. I don't, well. They're coming to you. How many do you make? It's so hard because, you know, I'm working on stuff on the show and things like that. If I would, if I would bet. I can, I can take maybe five a day. Really? Yeah. I'll be darned. Yeah, I... I well, 1,100 calls a day, that's about, ballpark, that's about um, about three phone calls a day. Yeah, right? I'm easily over that, you know. I mean, because, you know, let's face it, I'm, I, I'm, sc- I'm scouting for the, for the show, and sometimes there's a mm-hmm. lot of, there's a, there's a lot of phone work. Oh, sure. There's a sure. lot of phone but calls. All of them qualify. It, yeah. it doesn't say to chat with friends or something no, like no. that. And actually, I think when they talk about the regular person, they can't be talking about cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think some cell phone users try to do this in a day. Right. But And they don't consider, they can't be taking business calls into consideration. Mm-hmm. So this is either a very bad survey, I am not interpreting this correctly, or it's 20 years old. Or, or I'm, you just know me, I'm, and I, I bust the curve, you know, I'm a... You know, but I, think about people who walk around with cell phones in I their know. pocket. You know that they're making three calls in between school periods. I guess so. A lot of time I use that as, you know, the good place for them people leave messages for me. You know, I don't... Maybe because sure. I, sure. I, I got free long distance and all these phones. I use these, I use these phones a lot to make calls or check on people. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or make calls. Mm-hmm. Or make calls. Yeah. 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 I'm making kids. I can, a a I high can. school kid. In, uh, oh, yeah. A junior in high school or a oh, sophomore yeah. in high school. You know in between classes those kids are making three phone calls each. Yep. And but... But, you know, some days I will make 40, 50 calls, no sweat, you know, because I'm working for something. And, and you know 
in a week. How many phone calls do I make in a week? If you make two in a week, that's probably a high watermark. Well, when I'm trying to track down information and stuff, I, I've right. had... But I'm thinking if it's, non, if, if, it's non, if it's just social. Social calls? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's mo it'd be basically your family. Right. Three a week. Yeah. This is good. I think that's generous. You know. I've never been a telephone person. Right. I have always called it the most accursed invention man has thrust on mm -hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. And yet we can't do without it. What would we do without it? Well, I think we go back to the 20s and 30s where a lot of families didn't have it. I think, and a I lot think, of families got in trouble and people died because they right. couldn't communicate quickly. I think the phone's been a big blessing. Or, well, all, all this high tech stuff been a big blessing for the handicap because it, but it oh, allowed, them, allowed them to have social interaction. Mm -hmm. They just can't get up and go. Yeah, just give people access to the outside world. Right. Even if you can't be in it, you've got access to That's it. That's right. Well, if you think about it, uh, the shut-in, that that's whole that whole definition has changed in a lot of ways. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the shut-in today can be probably the most active Facebooker, social media, talking on the phone person you probably even know of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I had to live without, um. Uh, with it, without something that we take for granted, without lights, without television, without computer, without phone, I would, without a heartbeat, <laughs> surrender my phone. I mean, I would keep my cell phone in my purse. I don't even know what the number is. And I still, I keep it in my purse for emergencies, and that's where it would stay. Mm -hmm. Unless I had to call for a, a doctor, an ambulance, or to let people know that something terrible was happening. Right. And that's what I would use. I would give up the phone. I would be so happy if I did not have to have to have the phone ringing. Mm -hmm. I don't mind making calls. I hate to get calls. Go figure. You're the only one I I I say. Oh, good, it's Walden. Yeah. Yeah, but um. Well, I think it's partly because of what you do. In other words, I. I need quiet time mm -hmm. to think. I, I just, I'm not at all, I, I admire the people who can work in an office environment and still be able to engage their brains and disengage what's going on around them. I don't know how they do that. See, I know you will work well here in that household. Cause that's, we, we have space here. My mom, my mom, I've lived, I've grown up with that. My mom and brother need their space, the quiet time, away from everybody. They do. Okay. And, All right. So they and I, and I'm one of those persons that I'm so I can entertain myself for hours. You know, but mm -hmm. my 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 dad, he's the social puppy dog. He he doesn't want to go all he doesn't want to go anywhere without taking me or taking somebody with them. He just he needs to have company. You know. Mhm. Mm That's my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. No. And that's me. I mean, I, I enjoy people. I enjoy uh -huh. company. And I really do enjoy talking you with do. people. And you can call me anytime. You do. But, but it's, you, it's, 
but you yeah. you enjoy your quiet time. Mm-hmm. I need my quiet time. Yeah. I, I am the classic introvert. Absolutely have to have quiet time to recharge my batteries. Mm-hmm. And an extrovert is it really craves people contact it to recharge batteries. Mm-hmm. They run low and they get energy from being with other people. And I run low and I need to quietly retreat and plug myself into an electrical outlet and do it by myself mm-hmm. and recharge my batteries. Right. So I I am your classic A number one card carrying introvert. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoy crawling into my cave and I'm in my cave. Nobody knows I'm here. <laughs> but you know what? I think you admit not having a TV set on during the day. That way you get well, to peek, that way you get to peek on peek peek into the world, and make sure everything's I do. okay. I I keep the news on in the background. Yeah. You're yeah. right. I think you admit that. I probably would, but I would get over it pretty quickly. Uh-huh. I can live very nicely without you think television. You, I probably should figure out a way to live to live very nicely without a television. But you, it can you, be so intrusive. You, you think? You think? How would you think your life would uh, if you didn't have the internet? For, I mean, just for news. I'm not talking about research, but just for news and the TV. You think you'd be okay just getting a paper once a day, following the news? If I didn't, if I couldn't get it on television or, or on the YouTube? internet, yeah. Whoa, whoa! I am spoiled there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, golly, no, because I hop all over the place. Right. From you know, I, right. I hit the New York Times, I hit the L.A. Times, right. I hit you CNN. Would, you would not be happy with a one, with a you know, a one news outlet being the local. Yeah. And uh, it would pile up. Because I wouldn't want to get rid of a newspaper until I had had an opportunity to at least go from page to page to make sure there wasn't anything there that I wanted Missed. or needed. Yeah. And so I'd be like the Collier brothers <laughs> with piles of newspapers <laughs> up to the ceiling in a booby-trapped area. Yeah. So now, me, I'm... No, it, it uh, wouldn't work. Yeah. Wow. Now, me, I'm perfectly happy checking in a couple times a day the, the headline news on the radio and... Uh-huh. And I might flip on to uh, uh, NPR if it want detail. Might look up some things on the internet. But you know, so would I be, would I be allowed to listen to radio news? I was just I was just thinking. Well, I mean, if you, yeah. you're taking away internet news and you're taking away television. Yeah, I would news. I would take so I would take if you take all media news outlets away, would oh, that boy. be a hard adjustment? Oh boy. Yeah. Retro. Yeah. That would be withdrawal. Yeah. I, I would not have withdrawal with a lot of things, but that one, yes. So, see, that's your outlet. That, that's, that's your outlet checking on the, the big the big outside world. And you admit that. I'm, I'm a news junkie. You're right. Yeah, you admit that. I would. I would. Mm-hmm. I'd be a wreck. Mm-hmm. How could, how could the world function without me? I don't think it would. I mean, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm a trendsetter. I'm a history maker. You are? You are? I am on the cutting edge here. You are. All I need to know is that other people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> you are. Um, I mean, you you're so well read. You 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 make the Saturday show go because you get make it. You know your stuff. 
Well, I pretend to. Yeah, you do. It's very easy to know your stuff when you get to hunt it down and just copy it, you mm-hmm. know? Nice stuff. I have other stuff. I'm all ears. The Soldiers of Alexander the Great. Who? Oh, oh, oh. Which American military figure believed he was the reincarnation of... Uh, I think that was... Oh, who was the one killing World War II? Um, he believed in reincarnation, the general. Um, You're there. Uh, he he finished second in the 19, uh, 1912 <laughs> Olympic behind the silver medal. And he was uh, he, to a German, and that's why he sort of hated the German for ever since 1912. Uh, he was born in California. Who was it? Um, Patton. Patton. Yes, it was yeah. Patton. He yeah. honestly believed he was the reincarnation yeah. of Alexander the Great. Yep, sure did. And he he went to was it Greece? Well, he may have walked to Greece. Um, it it was in one of the one of the arenas mm-hmm. that Alexander the Great had fought in, mm. and he stood and described the armies as they came over the hill and his directions and where his armies, his meaning Alexander the Great, and he was in first person here, and this is where I directed, and Mm -hmm. it's just incredible. Just incredible. I mean, I don't want to touch that with a fork. He he made a mark in uh, Italy, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's a little sidebar for people. I don't know if if people ever studied Patton. Um, he's heavily criticized for hitting flat, hitting a soldier yes. in a hospital. Yes. And that's sort of a bad rap. Um, my dad's friend, Peanut, was in the hospital when that happened. And he saw it happen. He was a decorated World War II hero. And he said, the story that you don't know, the guy was in complete hysterics and, and Pat was trying to get him out of it. Uh... And I, I guess that was, at that time, that was the treatment to try to get, you know, shake, you know, try to shake somebody out, out of being hysterical. And so that, that was, that was Peanut's feeling behind, behind that. I think it was being kind. I guess so. I have, I have to think that he was being kind. Anyway. When you're Alexander the Great, you get to do anything you want. Yeah, I forget exactly. I really haven't studied ancient history all that much. So I don't know exactly when Alexander the Great appeared B.C. You know, you, you have those four or five um, dominant figures of that time, and I'm not too sure all the details, per se. He was a fighting force. And the reason he's on my list here is that Alexander the Great had all his soldiers clean shaven. Nobody mm, was allowed wow. to have a beard. Was he the and one the reason, that? Was he the one well, that conquered was, all the well-known lands of the world? Yeah. Yeah, he was the last one. Okay. Yes, he was the great conqueror. Uh-huh. Um, 
he did that so their enemies wouldn't be able to grab their beards. They didn't have anything for their enemies to grab, which I guess was part of the battle training. Everybody yeah. wore beards, so you'd grab them and chop off their heads. I think but he died. That, it. That, was, that, was, that was pretty cool. I think he died at a very young age. Like 25 or 33 or something like that. Mother Helen of Troy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't... I've never really studied (laughs) ancient history. Alexander the Great. (laughs) And and I looked on... Earlier this year, I think it was, I tried to look up the history of ancient Rome, ancient Rome and ancient Greece, and I really couldn't find enough to feel like it was adequate to... to... um... Like the fall of Rome and the fall of Greece. I tried to look up information about it on the internet and I really couldn't find adequate information. You know, about what they thought the fall of Rome or the fall of Greece were. The causes and things. Olympias. Mother was Olympias. Lineage and childhood. Well. Mm. My computer is slow tonight. I'm sorry. Oh, and, and I, I ho- and I, I bet, up to my uh, own. Did you did you I, hook up? No, I didn't. Oh. This guy really didn't change his password. I was just having access problems. <laughs> 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 oh, my Patricia, my Patricia just had to be motivated to do it. Oh. Well, well, I I set up my Nook. Oh, that's and, right. You did. Yeah. You did yeah, more, I did do that. You did the more did, important thing. I mean, it wasn't like it took me all night, but it did take a little bit of practice because there are so many options on this thing. I had to kind of work my way through a little bit at a time. Well, you, you do your homework ahead of time. You read the book. Well, sort of. You didn't win yet? I don't think you'll well, win. Well, a lot of it I did. You, I, did? you know, I, mean, I turned it on and it said, welcome. Uh-huh. That's all I need to hear. And then I keep going. <laughs> and when I, got to a, when I got to a point where I needed more, mm-hmm. I dug around in this little tiny pamphlet. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even big enough to be a pamphlet. That's what came with the nook. I said, man, I need more than this. So I went out and I asked my question, how do I do this? And up came an answer. I said, okay, I'm cool. I can do that. And finally, I, today, I went out and I said, man, there's got to be a manual that comes along with this thing. You just cannot go with something the size of of a, um, a medication insert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I need more than that. Sure. So I said, okay. I typed in Nook and manual, mm-hmm. and up comes this thing that says for two ninety nine you can buy this. Wait a minute. Well, apparently, there are... Many functions 